I couldn't help but um, thinking we were only in the uh, auditorium singing for just a very very few minutes. But but I don't know about you. Um, uh, th- those those two songs moved me to heaven. I, I mean, uh, I, I was no longer here. I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but um, music has that power, um, particularly when when the words are biblical um, and, and they're they're describing what we have in Christ. Um, I have on so many cards and in so many. Um, different places, the words to when I survey the wondrous cross, and um, we're talking about prayer tonight, and um, that song is something you ought to memorize. You ought to camp out on every single word in it, and you ought to learn to turn that that song to prayer, the prayer of your heart, over and over and over again. It is so, it is so rich. It's it's. I just I just wanted to stop. I brought the song book tonight, and I, all I wanted to do is I wanted to, I wanted to preach those two songs, um, and, and the truths that that were in them. Um, but actually, it was the first song, "And Can It Be," um, that uh, really I think got me started. Um, I'm old-fashioned. I've never apologized to, about that, and it's no sense of me apologizing because it's relatively obvious. But I want to run up to a song leader and say, You can't skip the third verse. The dungeon flamed with light, my chains fell off. Uh, anybody else feel that way? Uh, you know, but we, but we do that with time. You know, there's, there's time and there's consideration. Um, and, but that was going through my mind as well. I just wondered if I was the only one that was thinking that uh, when, when it comes to the song. But when you've eternalized that and you've, you've sung that so many times in the congregation, it's been such a blessing to you and it moves you because we're so sinful. Let me take that away. I'm sinful. I'm so frail. And, and those songs just remind me that, that my hope isn't in me. Praise God, it's in Christ. And, and because of what he has done, I can approach his throne Boldly, and we sang that. That that's the that's one of the verses of and can it be? Bold, I approach the eternal throne. Um, where is that? Bold, I, bold, I approach the eternal throne, and claim the crown through Christ, my own amazing love. How it can be? Bold, I approach the throne. Do you, do you, is that biblical, or did the guy just write that down? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Talking about prayer, the discipline of prayer for the purpose of godliness. And yes, it is biblical. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. It's talking about Christ being our great high priest. Uh, We've talked about Bible intake. We've talked about thinking right, and now we're on prayer. Look at at verse 11. We'll start there. Let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest, lest anyone um, fall according to the same example of disobedience. And then he, he quickly moves and points to where is our rock, where is our sufficiency. What do we mean when we're talking about preaching the gospel to ourselves, the sufficiency of scripture? For the word of God is living or uh, alive, um, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, peace, p- piercing even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the tents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of whom we must give an account. Where would we be without the blood of Christ? There's not a single thing I've ever thought. There's not a single thing that I've ever done. There's not a single motive that even I've done good things wrong that God doesn't know about. Doesn't know about it in intimate detail. Now that, apart from Christ, that a scare the living daylights anybody but we do have Christ we do have the atonement and can it be that I should gain an interest in his blood died he for me what an amazing truth and, and because of that truth look what the writer goes on and see he says despite all that 
seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, those truths, the truth of the atonement, the, the sacrificial death of Christ, the truth that God himself is satisfied with Christ and the great exchange is happening and Christ took my sins upon him on the tree and he bore them in his body and it was given to me his righteousness and it's now accounted to me for righteousness and he's my high priest as we talked about last week sitting at the right hand of the God making intercession to me Christ is praying for me right now that I might live a victorious Christian life and reminding his father as it were that he's paid for my sins so that's going on here I stand in that confession For we do not have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. You got any weaknesses? Do you get discouraged? Of course we do. Of course we do. Is every day a good day? Is every day a high day? (laughs) No, no. Oh, we'd love it to be that way, but it just isn't. And he's acquainted with our weaknesses. He's, He's acquainted not from the standpoint that he slaps us down, he acquaints us, that he pours out his mercy and his grace, he sympathizes, he understands, because he walked this face of the earth, and every single thing we ever faced, he also faced yet without sin. He knows your pain, he knows your heartache. Any one of us here can sympathize with one another, but not the way Jesus can sympathize. And he does. And and the word is clear that. For we do not have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So what does that cause us to do? Bold I approach his throne. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We don't, go, we don't go to prayer because we're worthy. We go to prayer because he's worthy, and it honors him when we pray in Jesus' name. So what a, what a wonderful truth. We're looking at this, uh, the discipline of prayer for the purpose of uh, godliness. We went over the first page on the handout. Did you get a handout? Does anybody need a handout? We went over the first page of the handout, which was simply a motivation for us to begin to think about this area of prayer. And we looked at the second page, uh, all the way down to where helps in re-energizing our prayer life. We looked at the fact that the God, that the Bible calls us to always pray. The Bible calls us to be devoted in prayer. So I'm just reminding us, we've already looked at these verses. Um, we have felt the weight of them, and we have felt, no doubt, that there's a gap between what God calls us to do and what we actually live out, but yet I can still come boldly. I can come boldly to his throne and I can ask for that grace to grow me in the likeness of Christ and and, and know that he wants to accomplish that. So we're going to look at these different um, things that I've written down here that have helped me through the years. They're not the only thing. I mean, I can make almost an endless list, but you can make the same list. And in fact, I hope we'll do that tonight. I hope we'll, we'll help each other by being transparent with each other. So the first thing I've got written down there is ask and you'll receive something good. And I'd like you to turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. We spoke of the fact that last week the disciples of all the things that they might ask the Lord Jesus to teach them it says very specifically in Luke that he asked them teach us to pray like John taught his disciples and so here in Matthew 6 we're not going to look at that right now because you're very familiar with it but in Matthew 6 Jesus um, gives to them uh, a model an example of, of how someone should pray and um, all the way through that portion of the sermon the assumption is that we're praying we're praying we're praying again we, we looked at that 
about last week. And so uh, this, um, this sermon that he's preaching is coming down towards the end. And as it comes down towards the end, he's, he's going to move back to the, to the area of prayer, which gives you some idea of just how important uh, it is for this particular sermon that he is preaching. Look at chapter 7 and verse 5. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. For what man is there among you, who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, it will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil men, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask? Therefore, whatever you want men to do for you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So he gives this this teaching, and he's talking to us about prayer, but I think more than anything else in that passage, what he wants you to get, uh, so often we hear, especially if you turn on the uh, the preaching channels, you'll, you'll just hear verses um, 7 and 8, and then somebody tell you, basically, you can ask God whatever you want, and he's your little genie, he's your little puppy, he'll just give you whatever you want. That certainly isn't the context of, of this prayer at all. And I don't have time, or it's not the purpose of this evening for me to unfold that whole thing. But... What, 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 what the point here is that he is your heavenly father. The, the point is that God cares about you, that God loves you. That's, that's what he's wanting you to get from here. How many people here are parents? I know I, I am. Is there other, how many people are parents? About a third of the people that are here. You love your kids? Um. I'm a grand. I'm a grand one. I got a. I got a. I got a grand girl right back here. Well, I'm gonna embarrass her for a minute. Okay. She likely knows that she can come to me and she can bat her eyes. You know, like you girls do. She can give me, give me a hug. She knows I'll give her a hug. I'll kiss her on the head. And Amber, do you think you could ask me anything? And if I could, I would do it for you. Yeah. And so would you for your kids, and so would you for your grandkids. And yet the scripture's clear here. If I, being an evil man, I am evil. Apart from grace, I'm an evil man. I'm depraved. If it weren't for the for the grace of God, I, I couldn't do a, do a good thing, and even if I did do a good thing, it would be with the wrong motive. If I, an evil man, would do I would move heaven and earth if I had the ability for her, and I'm an evil man. Think what God would do for his children. Are you born again from above? Is, is he your heavenly father? Uh, do you get the connection? Do you see the power of what he's trying to say here? We get discouraged in prayer. You need to get a hold of that. He loves you. He cares for you. Maybe you didn't have that kind of a relationship with your father or your grandfather. I'm sorry if you didn't. But even God knows that. And that's why that's here. Even if you didn't, you have a perfect Heavenly Father that loves you with that kind of love. He reminds us in other places that a sparrow can't fall from a tree without him knowing. And again, the point there isn't that God knows everything. God does know everything. But the point there is, he says, the sparrow can't fall from a tree without God knowing it and yet you are of much more value than the sparrow. Again, the point is the value that God places on his children. How do we know how much he values us? Christ. He sent his only begotten son. From eternity past, we were found in him. He sent Christ. If he did that for us, and he's given us the promises of heaven... Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, then I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you will be also. 
if he would give us all that, don't you think when he prays, when we pray, he cares and he listens and he hears and he's working? Of course he is. And it's with that kind of confidence and that kind of motivation that should drive us to prayer. Does that make sense? I hope that's helpful. That's that's what the scriptures are saying for us here. And so we need to understand that we go to God and we ask. Now, let's just talk about that practically. Do we ever go to God and we ask and it doesn't seem like we get what we want? Of course, of course. Because, you see, I'm not the only evil man in the room. The room is full of evil people. And we ask things all the time that if we knew what God knew, we would never ask that. And so, praise God, he doesn't answer lots of our prayers. Do you know if he doesn't answer your prayers because he loves you and he knows it would be the worst thing in the world for you? Did you ever stop and think about that? I mean, let's get a, a right perspective on that. I mean, sometimes God answers yes. Sometimes God answers no, but even when he answers no... He does it in a different way. He does something else. He does something better. But most of the time, what we don't like is that we're, we're to keep on praying because the, the question isn't, hopefully we're mature enough in Christ, that we don't ask amiss. Uh, you know, we, we can't always be sure of our motives, but we certainly can, we can go to the grid of Scripture and know if our prayer is biblical, if it's an appropriate prayer. And if, and if we're praying in the will of God as much as we would know, then oftentimes it's not a matter of what we prayed or the fact that he's going to answer. It's a matter of what? Timing. It's timing. And so waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord by, by faith is, is something that tests us and it tries us. But that doesn't mean that God hasn't answered or that God isn't going to answer God has told us he would. These passages are here. God cannot lie. If he can, number one, he's God. Number two, we might as well all go home. And if he is God, and if he cannot lie, then when we pray, God is at work. And he's working. And then somehow, he's, in some amazing way, prayer is a means that the Lord chooses to use to accomplish his will here on earth. Now, would you like me to explain that to you in detail so you understand it? Well, I'm sure you would. But first, somebody would have to explain it to me so I could understand it. And I've asked that question a hundred times. I've never gotten an answer that was satisfactory because there isn't one. That's faith. God works. and God chooses to use prayer. We get an opportunity to be involved in what God's doing as, as we pray, as we pray for other people, as we make supplication. Even as we pray for ourselves and our own weaknesses, God is working, and he's working out his will through his people as as they pray. So, ask. Make sure you're not asking to miss. Check your heart. Ask and keep asking, and don't be afraid to. There's nothing too small to pray about. Um, and so, so we pray, and we're, and we're motivated we're motivated to pray. Look at B. Stop me anywhere through here. Ask any question you have about prayer at any time. Please, you would actually help us when you do that. Don't always pray the same prayer in the same way. Matthew 6, 7 says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathens do. You have probably seen... Um, you have, you have probably seen pictures, perhaps, at different um, temples uh, to false gods in foreign places. I'm thinking we've seen a lot of it in China, and we have seen particularly a lot of it in Nepal, where they actually have prayer wheels. You know, you spin, you spin the prayer, you spin the prayer wheel. We can keep that wheel of spinning. You know, the gods are the gods are going to answer, um, and. And what he is saying is, don't be like the heathen. Um, hopefully I'm not... Well, if I step in any toes, I guess it's actually God's word stepping on the toes. But the the false religion of Catholicism. Okay, you, you go in and you tell some man hidden in a booth behind a screen your sins. There's one mediator between God and man, the God-man, Christ Jesus. There is no such thing as 
some man here on earth called father in the sense of being equal with God or somehow dispensing grace from here. It's the most blasphemous thing you could possibly think of. But but it happens all the time. And then he, as though he were God, says to you, go on out and take your rosary. You familiar with what a rosary is? Go on out and take your rosary and say 57 our fathers and 32 Hail Marys and by doing that it will somehow it's penance uh, it somehow works off here some of your sin and so then what do practicing Roman Catholics do? Is anybody here was a practicing Roman Catholic at one time in your life? Barbara? Okay. Now then you go out to, to the church right with your rosary bead and you get on your knees and the beads are there so you can count, so you don't lose track. Because after all, if the priest said do it 36 times, you've got to do it 36 times. And so, and of course, that's going to fix things. And so then you get down on your knees and you go, Our Father, Our Father, Hail Mary, full of grace, and you count the beads so you get 36. Uh, am I exaggerating or is that, is that it? Right? And then, because it's not regenerate. You get up and you walk out, and whatever you were saying Hail Mary for and our Father for, then you just go do it again. And then it repeats next week and next week and next week. And the guilt gets greater and greater and greater. And it is so depressing. But we can approach His throne boldly. And we can come with a clear conscience between God and man because of the blood of Christ. And, and so He's saying here when you just repeat words that are words for the sake of words they're meaningless and they can even become blasphemous so so change the way you pray um, it's, it's not like you're going to get struck down with lightning if you say the same thing again but to, to help your, your, your prayer life um, don't pray in exactly the same way every day don't go through some ritual every day whether that's whether you're praying at a meal or before you go to bed you know, God is good, God is great. Let us thank him for this food. Amen. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? But if that's what you say every time you bow your head, pretty soon they're just words. It's having a conversation with Almighty God that you're having. So you, you keep that in mind, and, and, and you pray from the heart. And when you pray for the heart, you're having a conversation with God. Uh, on the one hand, God is holy, thrice holy. We've talked about that. But on the other hand, you're covered with the blood of Christ and you're his son or daughter in Christ and you can come boldly and he, he commands you to come and he welcomes you and he wants to pour out his, his grace for you. So you, you come and you have that, that conversation. And so change, change the way you pray. That will help keep your, your prayer life refreshed. Um, C, pray scripture. Both Jesus and his followers uh, prayed the Psalms. And so, I was going to show you some of these before, but I'll take this time right here. This is a, a great little book by Don Whitney, Praying the Bible. But if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you could, you could get this little book, and it, it takes many Bible prayers and shows you how to turn the Bible prayer and personalize it in, in, into your own prayer life. That's an excellent little resource. Um, this is pretty pricey. I, I bought it more for teaching this course. But um, the ESV offers what they call a prayer Bible. And this Bible has um, many, many prayers in it right within the scripture. And so they, they take and they give you a, a, an index to tell you where they are. And then they, they take and... Within the um, within the scriptures, they take and they write um, they write a prayer. Let me see if I can find one uh, here. Um, and and these prayers are prayers of of, of men uh, of old, uh, primarily. So here's one. You know, I'm trying to find one that's not going to take me ten minutes to read, and it's got small and it's got. Um, all right, let's try this one. This is from, uh, no, I don't want to try that one. 
Uh, you can see I'm so well prepared for this tonight. Uh, you all gotten used to the five o'clock time yet? I haven't. My eyeballs almost fell out when I realized what time it was tonight. Okay, so here's here's a prayer that's written in here by George Whitfield. You would be familiar with him. And it's in here under First uh, Timothy, and it's from First Timothy 12 through 17. And so for you to understand what I'm getting at, I would need to read that text of Scripture to you. So I'm going to read that First Timothy 1, 12 through 17. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, insolvent opponent, but I received mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord Jesus flowed uh, for me with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example of those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immoral, invisible, and only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And so George Whitfield took this passage in, in his journals, which... We probably won't get to today, but that's what we'll do in our last session together is look at journaling. He wrote this, Lord, let me not be high-minded, but fear unto your hands I commit my spirit. I desire to take no thought for tomorrow. Deal with me as it pleases you. Justly may you take every comfort from me for I have wretchedly abused your loving kindness. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So, I mean, that's a that's a that's a pretty um, somber and sober prayer. But he but but he he took that passage and it's a prayer of contrition. It's a it's a prayer of of humility. It's a prayer of acknowledging. I mean, what what do I actually deserve? And, and, and he's and he's praying that and then saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now what? The, um, the, the, you know, the sinner did. Uh, you, you know, was it the the publican that was standing there praying? God, I'm glad I'm not like this man. But this man wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven and pray, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I mean, that's that's the reflection of this prayer. That's that's the attitude, and and, and so he 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 wrote that out. The, writing of prayer. This this little Bible, if you want to buy it, is is, is full of those of these. Um, I better move on. The clock's ticking. Um, yeah, pray scripture, pray from the Psalms. I put several Bibles there, but all the Bible prayers. This is another uh, excellent book by D.A. Carson. Um, I, I touched the surface of this and do plan to go um, back to it eventually in the class that I teach on Sunday mornings but uh, the prayers of Paul and, and he's taken the prayers of Paul pull, you know, pulled them apart helped you to look at them and examine them but taking those prayers write them down I mean for me I'm a 3 by 5 card guy besides being a journal guy and I'm, I'm very excited about the weather changing I love to prayer walk I love to go out and and um, if I can figure out how, put those things in your ears so that you can listen to music. When you're my age, I can put them things in the in my ears, but they don't always do what they're supposed to do, you know. Uh, but anyhow, um, I'll listen to some music uh, to get me warmed up, um, and then you know I'll start praying. And um, and one of the things I'll do is I'll use cards, and 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 those uh, those cards will oftentimes be passages of scripture that I can meditate on the scripture and then turn the meditation into prayer and and that really is what this book is about which is very very good it would be a, a good book to 
read. So praying scripture, um, pray the prayer of others. That's really uh, the Valley of Vision. I'm sure that you're familiar uh, with that. I must have loaned my little Valley of Vision out. I've looked all over to bring it in here and show you and read a couple, and I couldn't find it. But it's online. You don't really need to have the hard copy. Um, but, uh, again, when you read the prayers of other godly people, it will help you to understand how to pray. It will improve your prayer life. So um, it's you can disciple yourself that way by listening uh, to others' prayer. Pray. George Mueller. Okay, I, I'm not saying that I buy into everything that George Mueller ever believed or did. Okay, so let me let me be clear on that. But also let me be clear on this. If we all had our act together, then there wouldn't be any Jesus. Okay, we wouldn't need to be Jesus. None of us have our act together. Never, none of us have it all together. And, and the fact of the matter is, God works and God moves despite us, not because of us. And and George Mueller was an amazing man of prayer and faith, who, for his own purposes, God used him. Never asking anybody for anything. I don't know how many hundreds of orphanages he funded with no fundraising. And and this is his autobiography and in there he has written many of his prayers and many of the the situations and I remember as a young believer reading this book and being stunned with how anemic my prayer life was being stunned at how anemic my prayer life was and um it was just helpful, and so sometimes reading autobiographies of other of, of other men who have walked with Christ, or ladies who have walked with Christ, Elizabeth Elliot, um, on the female side would be, um, she's an amazing woman of faith in the in the same uh, venue. While we're talking about books, at the throne of grace, uh, a book of prayers by Dr. John MacArthur, a, a, a superb um, book that would be very very edifying uh, to you so may I say this Lifeway which is about the only place I guess there's a new one out here now in Lynchburg what's it called uh, yeah right okay so I'm thankful for those stores I like to go through them. I say this as kindly as I can and as carefully as I can. About three-quarters of the stuff that's in there is J-U-N-K and D-A-N-G-E-R-O-U-S. I spelled that because we got these little kids here. I didn't want them to know the words I was spelling. I'm only kidding, guys. And really, you can, get yourself, you can get yourself messed up in the head by reading 75% of the stuff that's in there. Um, so just, just be careful. And I say that because particularly on prayer... Everybody in the world, you know, got something on prayer. So um, I, I'm not going to name all the names, but, you know, if Joyce Myers got something to say about prayer, you probably don't want to read it. You probably want to use it for kindling um, to start a fire. I'll just use that as an example that I don't think anybody here would probably argue with me about. Uh, so be careful when I'm saying buy books about prayer. Make sure they're, they're <laughs> it's going to be helpful and not... Uh, confuse you uh, take a prayer walk um, I already said that I, I like the idea have you watched War Room have you ever watched that movie I mean by now that movie's so old I guess everybody's walked, watched it 50 times um, but the concept get the concept a place that you're comfortable with and a place without distractions and a place where you can go to and that's where you meet with God and, and uh, hopefully it's a place where you, you take in the Bible you you meditate on those truths and then you pray and you keep you keep track of your prayers. Um, you, you keep you keep track about what you pray. I mean, there's an awful lot to pray about, isn't there? Um, as elders, we have printed out for us a portion of our membership role and given to us each week. And then we gather for a period of time and we talk about what we know about the people's names that are on that list relative to what might be their station in life, their spiritual maturity, and what might be their needs. And then as elders, we pray for those people, working our way through the entire congregation because we feel that's a responsibility. That's, that's, that's the least we could do. 
and um, that would just be one example. But how many, how many people do we have? Our missionaries, and how many personal burdens do you have? And how many friends? And 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 I'm just, I'm saying this candidly, transparently, openly, and honestly. This is what we say an awful lot. I'll pray for you. But do we? But do we? Um, we should be careful not to be trite with those words. We tell somebody we're going to pray. And um, and so when you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, how do you make sure that's going to happen? Um, I know. There isn't a good system. But I can tell you this, your memory alone is not a good system. And and I've heard people say, well, don't worry about it. When the Holy Spirit wants me to pray for them, then um, then he'll he'll just pop it up in my mind. Well, he might. Praise the Lord if he does. He's he's God. He can do anything he wants to do. But um, I think that's really an excuse on your part or my part not to be diligent, not not to not to be faithful in some way of figuring out how am I going to pray. So maybe you divide it up. I pray for this on Monday, this on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I, I don't I don't know what your what your method is, but you need to work on a method. Um, I, th- I think the smartphone is really helpful. It can be helpful. So I don't, I don't really know how antiquated this is, but um, I recently have been using Evernote. Anybody else have Evernote on your app? Okay, I use Evernote. And so when I say I'm going to pray for somebody, I'll grab my phone and my Evernote under my prayer list I make a note to pray and then I have my I have my phone right there and and you have the prayer list on you continually you know we have a lot of time during the day that we don't realize that we have that what we're used to doing is checking Facebook or checking Instagram or I don't even know what all the latest stuff is checking LinkedIn checking the news checking to see who's who's winning in the basketball tournament or whatever. But you, you can take in those times, and you might have five minutes here, or um, uh, my lovely wife loves to shop, and, and um, she doesn't buy anything, she just likes to shop. Um, well, <laughs> once in a while she buys some things. I guess you ladies understand that. I, I, I don't. She can wander around in TJ Maxx for three hours, and... I guess she touches everything that's in there, and um, and she comes out and she doesn't have anything in her bag and she just had a wonderful time. Um, you know, for a man that'd be like um, that'd be like going hunting, I guess, and spending three hours in the woods and coming back without a deer, but it still was a great time in the woods. It's all I can. It's, it's the only thing I can liken it to. But during that time, if you happen to be her husband who's sitting in the car or whatever, it's, it's a time when you can pray. You can turn that time into prayer. You, you have it right there with you. You, you. you can pray. Find ways through the day because we're to pray without ceasing. We're to pray always. Train yourself. Learn. Wake up. First thing in the morning, your eyes open up, pray. Last thing you do before you go to sleep, say a prayer. Uh, learn throughout the day to pray. Our pastor is an amazing man of God. He walks with God. I don't think there's anybody in here that knows him like I know him. Studies him like I study him. I'm way down the road to him compared to age. But he has modeled for me in an amazing way over the last 16 years how to walk with God. And tonight, as we started the second song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross... You're all looking at your songbook and you're all singing. I'm studying him. He sat down. He's just barely 50 years old. He didn't sit down because he's tired. Why do you think he sat down? Because he went to prayer. Because in just a few minutes, he's going to stand before his people and he's going to feed his sheep. I mean, I've, I've watched this over and over and over again. He's trained himself to be a man of prayer. We can train ourselves to be men and women of prayer, but it takes discipline. That's why it's called the spiritual discipline of prayer. So having a 
having a place that you go is, uh, you know, a secret place, uh, a quiet place, a, a place for lack of distraction where you can have your prayer lists, where you can have your prayer journal, whatever it is, and that you can go there and, and you know, and you begin to feel comfortable about that. Um, so you go there and you feel comfortable, and this is where I go, and this is, this is where I pray is very, very helpful. Um, pray throughout the day and pray your day in advance. Proverbs 16.9 tells us that we are very wise to make plans. Man makes plans, but God directs our steps. And so um, one of the things that Judy and I do as a husband and, and wife is most of the time, we will communicate before I head out for the day what's in our day as far as our plans, mine and hers. We we pray through the day. We pray through the schedule. She's going to do this. I've got to do this. I'm going to meet with this person. I'm going to have this meeting and that meeting. And, 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 and you pray. You pray through your schedule. You pray through your day, ahead of the day. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he directs your steps. You pray through the day. You let him direct your steps. You have a plan, but you want to walk in his plan because sometimes your plan and his plan aren't the same plan. And you already yield ahead of time. God, I have this plan today, but I belong to you. And so the best I know how I've planned today, but if you have a different plan, I already submit to that. Do you know how much easier that makes your day when you submit to that plan in advance and you acknowledge his lordship rather than your own lordship that's that is so helpful in this uh, area of prayer and then walking with the lord use different prayer um, prompters like sticky notes one thing that would be really helpful for you um, maybe you're not a social media person if you're not blessings but if but if you are learn to turn that into a prayer time don't harden your heart. This will harden your heart. You, you you look and I mean everybody on Facebook wants you to pray about something, don't they? I mean everybody's got a crisis going on in their life. Here, here's Facebook. May I tell you exactly what Facebook or Instagram is? We have over here. Everything is perfect. Everything is beautiful. You know, I, I mean this is it. This is the perfect vacation. This is the perfect family gathering. This is my perfect pose. Oh, you're beautiful. Okay, there's that side. Am I telling the truth? And then there's over here. Over here is the crisis. Nothing is right. The world is going to come to an end right this minute if everybody on Facebook doesn't stop and do what? Pray. Pray for me. Okay. Here's I'm overemphasizing, I know. But here's the point. If you're not careful, you get hardened to that. Nah. You know, let's just spin by that. Learn not to spin by that. If somebody needs prayer, maybe they are weak in the faith. They probably got all kinds of trouble. But if, if you're going to take time to be on Facebook and somebody needs prayer, then why not pray for them? Why not just stop for a moment right then and, and pray and ask? Because all of those people are not drama queens or drama kings. Some of those people really do need prayer. And and so use that as an opportunity to pray. Take take five minutes, and as you go through and check your your social media, check it. It's fine, but when you see something, turn it to prayer, and and, and learn to use that as a tool of prayer. So, a prayer journal. I don't know how you could survive without one. Um, we'll talk more about journals uh, the next week. I'll bring a few of my older journals in we'll talk about it maybe I'll read you some entries from from years ago but it is so helpful um, to record prayers and then record how God worked because I know God answered Jesus prayer and I know God answered Paul's prayer and you know we just we're looking Daniel and I mean, I don't know. Isn't Daniel six one of our favorite chapters in the whole Bible? I mean, I love the way um, God answers prayer for Daniel in 
the den of lions and closes their mouth. And uh, you know the story. You've heard it a thousand times. No one can pray except, and Daniel goes and he opens his window so the whole world can know and he prays as before time, three times a day and gets him into the lion's den. And, uh, um, but it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing uh, to watch. And being my age, whatever I was telling that story, just left. So um, <laughs> it's gone. It was great, though. Was, there was a great point to all that. Uh, and maybe next week I'll, I'll think of what it is. But, oh, I know what it was, is that we know God will answer, answer Daniel's prayers. But the question is, does he answer my prayer? And it, and it can seem like I don't get my prayers answered, and it's because I'm not paying attention. And so if I begin to record my prayers, I can encourage myself by going back and looking and reminding myself all the times God moved mountains for me. I call them Red Sea experiences. Okay, that's the, just something that I read something years and years and years ago, and, and I just liked it. So for me, that's been very helpful. Recording Red Sea experiences. What do I mean? You've got your back against the wall. And there's no human way out. And if God doesn't deliver you, you won't be delivered. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I would call that a Red Sea experience. And and you'll be amazed at how many times God opens the sea and he gives you a path through. And it's never what you would have expected to be. There wasn't a, I don't know how many Israelites were there at the Red Sea. Estimates will say anywhere from 600,000 to 6 million. And, um, but there was a lot of people. And they were all thinking the same thing. We are going to what? Die. And there wasn't a single one of those 6 million people or, or 600,000 people that were thinking, well, God's just going to open the sea. We're going to walk across in dry ground. And after we get across, when Pharaoh and the army, the most powerful army in the face of the earth, is in the middle, he'll simply cover them up and he'll drown them, and that'll that'll be the end of the story. Nobody was thinking that. Do you, do you know how that's how God works? You won't be able to figure out how He's going to work. So stop trying. Don't waste your time trying to figure out how God's going to answer. Spend your time trusting God that He will answer and walking by faith and going to him and asking him. And then record when he does, record when he does, record when he does, so that you can go back and you can rejoice over and over and over again, and you can praise and thank him over and over again. The Bible is full of all the way through the Psalms, even recording, thanking God for the glorious delivery that he gave his people when they walked through the Red Sea. And you want to never stop losing the fascination that God opens the Red Sea for you, not just for them. And so you get to thank him over and over again when you've, when you've recorded that and when you've written that. And I've already started talking to you about next week. So, um, not next week, it's actually two weeks. So next week we've got family gathering, and then we've got Easter Sunday, and there won't be a Sunday evening service, so... Three weeks from now, we'll come in here and we'll finish this class and we'll do journaling. Um, I tell you, I'd like to do this. I don't know how you are on the COVID deal. Isaac, come here. Will you help me? Have you got clean COVID cans? Yeah, good. I mean, James, can you help me? These are what we're going to have next week. Three weeks from now, I want you to have it because some of you may have to be gone, and that'll be it. You won't see me again. I'd like you to have the. I'd like everybody to have one of these. So I'm going to give that to you ahead of time. So, what are your questions about prayer in the time that we have left? Yes. Do I pray aloud when I pray or walk? How do I go about do that? Let me um, let me say first of all that I think there's a great value in hearing yourself pray. Do I always pray aloud? Of course not. Um, I pray throughout the day many times silently, many times quietly. 
but I do believe there's a great value to hear yourself um, pray. And so many times, often, I pray aloud, and I, and I sing, well, sing aloud, but that really comes down to what is um, appropriate for the time. So we're, I, I, we live in Cornerstone. If you're familiar with Cornerstone, there's a walking trail. Most of the time, I can be on the walking trail, and I can pray out loud, and nobody thinks I'm losing my mind. Uh, okay. Um, uh, but even in my prayer closet, as it were, oftentimes I pray aloud. Not always, but oftentimes I pray aloud because um, when you hear yourself pray, sometimes you even hear yourself pray, and then afterwards you'll think, that wasn't biblical, that wasn't right. You, it, it helps you to hear and then to, to, uh, to, to judge uh, your own prayers when you, when, you do it, um, when you do it out loud. So it, it really depends on the situation. But I really like praying out loud. It's my preference uh, most of the time. Yes, ma'am. Um, so you just talked earlier about like not praying the same way every single time, and then like, how do you find the balance of like a format of praying, like in Matthew six, and then a conversation? Because I feel yes. like so much like I like have a conversation, and then I just tack on, and your will be done, Lord. Like, and yeah. I just, how do you like go about? I've that? never found the perfect answer to that. Balances is that God's given us in His Word very specific prayers that we can pray, and it would never be wrong to pray God's Word back to Him for praying in faith if we're alert, diligent, and not doing just going through the motions. So we're never wrong to do that. He's given us a model. If you don't have the model prayer memorized, you should, and you should know how to break it down in sections. And understand so what does that section mean? So that that even at different times you can just take those sections. So so I take the Lord's prayer by section and, and just go, Our Father who art in heaven, how would be thy name? And I stop right there, okay? And and then you can pray about honoring and giving glory and reverence to God, and, and you don't need to, have to write anything down. You you know enough scripture and you've lived on the earth long enough, even those home in just a few years compared to me. And, and it wouldn't be the same thing. It, it would be different the way you would say it. And he'll go to the next and say it. And then there are those times you can just have conversational um, um, prayer. Um, I will say more about it, I guess, in the journal, but I write prayers. Oftentimes I'll write a prayer uh, because I, I want to articulate it right. It's helpful. So uh, I'll write a prayer and then read that prayer, you know, a, a, a few times at, at different places. So there isn't any right or wrong way of that. The thing that you're trying to prevent, what I meant by saying that and what Jesus means by that is not going through the motions. It's a conversation. It would be sort of like me walking up to you and don't do this all the time. So we're having a conversation. You're talking to you. I mean, you're pouring your heart out to me and all of a sudden I do this. I'm listening. I'm listening. I mean, it's very offensive. Can you tell I'm teaching that has nothing to do with prayer? Okay, that's very offensive when you do that. But that's how we treat God sometimes in prayer. You know, we're, we're talking to him, and then all of a sudden, uh, we're thinking about a million other things. We're checking this, we're checking that. Oh, I wonder what that email said. Oh, I heard a text come in. And, and so that's that's really the spirit of, of what that's saying, is that when you, when you pray... You don't want it to be just repetition because I don't mean what I'm saying and I, and I haven't given attention to the fact that I'm praying to the creator God of the whole universe and he has given me, by his grace, an audience with him. So I need to stay with that awe. If I keep that awe, I'll be okay. Did I answer all your questions? Uh, I, I, I have one more question. Okay. Did I answer your question? Yeah, that's good. That's rooting. So it can be a little bit paralyzing, like all the things I could pray for and like the needs of the members. And so sometimes it's in the past I've just kind of got lost. Sure. So how how do we how do I prioritize what I pray about? The the way that it is usually um, given is to take and to divide your prayer life 
up a portion of your prayer life into in, into days. So on on Mondays, like I, I pray for my pastor and my staff often. Okay, but Mondays is my on Mondays I pray because Monday I'm going to look at them in the face and I want to be able to say to them with integrity to encourage them and and to be able to look and, and let them know that I remembered them before the throne of grace because we meet and we gather most every Monday so Monday for me and it could be different there's nothing sacred about it being Monday but Monday is the day when I pray for Christian workers as an example or missionaries um, you know Tuesday you have something else that you put in there maybe it's church members maybe Wednesday is your your Sunday school class or your small group and maybe Thursday is people you're burdened for that need to be saved that you want opportunities to witness to or whatever and so you 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 make a, a list of schedule and you pray for those things on those days that, that's not the whole of your prayer life but that helps divide up that so that you don't get defeated thinking here's the there's too much to pray for, so then I just don't what? Pray, I just quit. That's, that's what you want to try to prevent. So I think by breaking it up is, is the most helpful way to do it. But then don't get so rigid that you somehow, there's a false sense of guilt that I didn't pray for who I was supposed to pray on Monday. Uh, he's the God of grace and mercy. Just get back to it. There was a hand over here. Yes, ma'am. How would you recommend organizing your prayer journal? Because on the one hand, there's different things that I want to pray for on a regular, consistent basis, but then there's other things where, you know, I'm pouring out these concerns to the Lord, you know, writing it out. So how would you recommend organizing all of that? <laughs> wow. That's, a, that's another great question. That's very, very difficult. I've done it every, every way uh, under the sun. Um, one, one of the things is um, I take and organize what I call urgent prayer requests by the month. There is always urgent prayer requests. So I have a, a place where when there's something urgent going on in a month, it's just listed. It's urgent. I know what it is. And at the end of that month, um, this is going to sound crass, but I sort of discard that prayer list because now we're in April. April's going to have its new emergencies, okay? And some of the April emergencies will be carryover from March, yes? What do you mean by a place? Like a separate page in your prayer journal or a page mm -hmm. you have tacked up somewhere? Or? Yeah, a separate, a, separate, a separate place in your, in your prayer journal um, for urgent. And then, um, like I said, by, by category and... Um, um, you know, another thing that some people do or um, that I wish I would have done and I have not done a good job at would be um, perhaps have a journal or a place in your journals or on Evernote or wherever where you, where you have written answered prayer, okay? And, and what you put in there is specifically when God has answered prayer. So you, you have a place that you can go to where here's, what, here's when God answered it. And, and I would put dates and time, um, I just recently, because I was asked the question, what was life like at 50? And this has taken us to the next time we're together. But I went and got my journal out that surrounded my 50th birthday. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm turning 72, so that was a long time ago. I don't remember what I did last week, let alone what I was like when I was 50. Uh, and so reading that also in there were a mixture of things I was praying when I was 50, uh, some answers to prayer at 50 and so I did it by date um, I think there would have been a better way to do it but that's that's how I, I did it I mixed my prayer journal in with my like what I would call my spiritual journal and I wished I wouldn't have I wished I would have separated those out I wish I would have a, had separate prayer journals that were for only prayer because if you look back over 20 years that would have been easier for me to pull out what God was doing in my life as a result of answered prayer. So I think I would make the prayer separate, a prayer journal that is separate that I would look to keep my whole life, keep adding to. I think that would have been a whole lot better if I would have done it that way. I wish I would have. I would stay here all night with you guys, but it's already 20 minutes after. I already held you 10 minutes. So um, 
go out and be disciplined in taking in the Word of God, meditating day and night so uh, that we think right, cast down those thoughts that uh, exalt themselves above Christ and replace them with um, biblical thinking and then turn that biblical thinking lifting prayers uh, to God. And we'll talk about um, the sheet that you have there, how we record that. And if we have more time, I have several others I'd like to do. Like I said, this is like a a 10 or 12-week course that we're not going to get to the other ones. But we'll do at least a whole journaling thing the next time we're back together. God bless you. You're dismissed.